1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant and the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves, flashing the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. Please follow. And alongside Harry Mans, we've got Jack Williams. Hello, boys. And uh, just a big thank you to Jack to begin with, who uh, brought me a present at the weekend because he was fed up of hearing this. Um, so now he's bought me a silent mouse. Uh, there we go. The, the man that ruined episode one of the 77 Club with his pen clicking has bought me a silent mouse. So we thank you very much. Um, Harry, we will start with uh, Chelsea away in the Premier League. It was all in our hands. Sixth position could have gone up to fifth, depending on if we won about 12 nil. But, uh, you know, sixth was what we wanted. Um, and seventh is what we got in the end. Did he play it right is the question in hindsight no but I, I weren't too bothered about the team when we first re- saw it and reacted you know I was like oh it's fair play Neto's getting a chance so obviously Sace come back in so I was I was kind of happy with the team and I thought like Adama and that would come on and make an impact but I think this, the story of the game is those five minutes in the first half of extra time which I'm sure we'll get on to and we started off alright mate I was happy with the team we started off alright but we was doing the classic looking well looking like we were intending to do stuff but not actually getting a shot off on target and looking really really threatening so in terms of that I was disappointed with that but okay with the team I guess and Jack it's one of those where we've been complaining about VAR all season and it's gone against Wolves more than any other team but you just think football has to be broken when someone like Marcus Alonso blatantly cheating to win a free kick and then the game's called from the goal yeah, I know it's ridiculous. Um, I I do get why they can't check that though, because it's not supposedly a, a, it's not a game changing moment until they they don't obviously put the ball straight in the net, isn't it? But yeah, it, we've had it hard all season with things like that. Um, I think we started quite well, like Harry said, um, but I was just very disappointed with us with the way we responded and as a whole attacking threat really, because although having like a you know a bright part of the first half up until we got killed by that mad few minutes the second half I just thought we offered very little and they contained us really well and I was just very disappointed with us particularly from an attacking threat even when we we, we brought on the, the big gun so to speak and changed the wingers and tried to go for it there was just very little created and it's kind of like we've gone out with a 
uh, you know, on a bit of a whimper, which is disappointing after we've been, you know, talking honestly about Champions League football just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Harry, it's the first time Wolves have actually lost a Premier League game in London since March 2012, and that was a 5-0 loss uh, to Fulham. So uh, ending a 10-game unbeaten run in the capital. But I think a lot of players, were, not a lot of players, a lot of people on Twitter were saying, you know, oh, it's bit, we bottled it and this, that and the other. And, and it's like, actually, I think when you look at it, it's going to Stamford Bridge and being disappointed that we haven't made sixth place in the Premier League. So, all a little bit of perspective. Yeah, it's obviously a, t- a tough game. It was a 50-50 game, I think I said that last week. But like Jack said, the way we responded after Mason Mount puts that free kick in is just horrendous. I mean, I was having a wee in, in the toilet, obviously, because I was with you two. Thanks for doing it in the toilet, well done. <laughs> That's where we watch all the games. <laughs> in the toilet together. But, toilet. Yeah. but uh, I know, I mean... I'm not going to go on I was just going to say stuff about Cody but I'm not going to bother but yeah defensively not very good and as soon as that second goes in it's game over really we had a chance at 1-0 and then we're relying on Palace but that London record don't really care about that at the moment but yeah as you say I think it was a bit of an overreaction because going to Chelsea is not easy we we let ourselves down in terms of getting into the top four or even the top five in those Sheffield United and Arsenal games I'd say and maybe even the Sheffield um, maybe even the Burnley one so yeah you don't the Chelsea game it's what we did a few weeks well a few days before that I guess weeks whatever and Jack it's it's not like Chelsea didn't have something to play for either you know they still needed to secure a Champions League spot and it, it could have gone either way in, in terms of what stage of next year's competition that they made uh, as it was they will go straight into the group stage yeah and they just seemed a little bit probably I don't know about more up for it but they just they just killed us with it with that mad few minutes and I agree with I know um, Harry said that he didn't want to slag off Cody then but I think for the second goal I don't know what was going going on for the second goal really uh, but it's not it wasn't just Cody I think I don't think Johnny Otto had the best game he's ever had and there, there was other people you can call out and like I said earlier no sort of attacking threat but it's a big game for us now because we're in this really awkward position of being exactly the, well the same as last season we finished seventh we've got a few more points than last season which is obviously better in improvement but we're watching the cup final and watching the cup final to see if we're going to get into Europe but this time while we're still in Europe and it's not Watford who've got to mess it up it's Arsenal and it would be kind of like full circle wouldn't it if we needed a result against Chelsea and then we need Chelsea to beat Arsenal <laughs> to get and then they, they mess it up they're, they'll you know they'll be rubbish next week wouldn't they And but I, I don't know I'm a bit disappointed because I would have really liked particularly with the way this Covid thing has impacted the season I would have really liked to have gone into the Europa if we're in it next year at the group stage it saves us three games doesn't it particularly yeah. when the, the Premier League season is going to start so soon and if we do progress to the latter stages I know they've said that they're going to try and give all the teams a 30-day break but if you have a 30-day break you'll just put you're just then condensing matches further down the line aren't you so it's going to come back and bite you eventually it doesn't matter whether it's immediately or not so I would have really liked a sixth place sixth place finish and to go in at the group stages to say all well, the missing about with the Europa League and kind of like just what Harry said really was it really that Chelsea game or was it the two points against Burnley was it just the terrible performances against Sheffield United and Arsenal or was it was it earlier in the season you can pick out any 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 times but we've come so close not just to finish in the top six but also to finish in the top four if you look back over results and perspective it's it's been a good season hasn't it no particularly the way it started and we were drawing a lot of games we had a lot of games unknown territory in Europe to come out of it and still finish in the same position as last season and be very close to the top, top clubs. It's been a good season, but it's just so near and yet so far at the same time. Harry, in terms of, of the season of the whole as a whole, how would you look at it? I mean, we were talking on the podcast last week and, and 
going back to the beginning of the season saying that we wanted a, a top 10 finish and a run in the, the Europa League of which of course we are still in at this, this point how, how would you mark it out of 10 what would you sort of give to uh, you know the most improved player the player that surprised you uh, the player that stood out in terms of the season, because we haven't finished the Europa League yet, it's quite quite hard to answer that question. But just in the league, I yeah, think, just I, yeah, just the league. You've got to give it an eight, I guess, an eight out of ten. Like a top four would have been a ten. Getting into like the top five or six probably would have been a nine, but eight. We've we've pretty much matched last year, and I think if we weren't in, the, say, if we didn't qualify for the Europa League last year, and we just came seventh again without the Europa League this year. We had no distractions. It would have probably been a bit like, eh, maybe we, you know, we would have, we could have got in there. So yeah, I'd go for an eight. And just like Jack said, in hindsight, it has been good. But as we said the other week, it's the hope that kills you. We had the chance. We've got a small squad. Nuno's uh, that's his philosophy. With injuries, I mean, last year we got really lucky with injuries. This year, I think the big one was Bolly, and that's when we started off. You know, we had a bad spell, didn't we? When uh, he was out. So yeah, eight out of ten, and in hindsight, a, a decent season. Jack, who would uh, stand out as a, a most improved slash biggest surprise of the season? <laughs> <laughs> there's only one answer here. <laughs> there's, only, there's only one answer, isn't there? And it's somebody who I, even at the start of this season, was probably given a little bit of stick to, and I didn't quite believe the hype. But there's probably very little doubt that if you're looking for a player of the season, that it's Traore's got to be in contention, or, or pro- <laughs> probably probably get it. To be honest, isn't there? Even I can see that, and. I've, yeah, I've been a little bit of a harsh critic, particularly last season. But if you if you compare the two seasons, it's 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 just a monumental, it's a mon- monumental achievement for both him and Nuno how they brought him on to be a player that's that's talked about in the way he is, particularly not just among Wolves fans, but amongst other teams. I think if you ask Wolves fans, they will all still say there's a bit of an issue in, with some aspects of his game, and I'm sure Nuno and probably him would agree to that as well. But he's one of these who's got all the hype from, from people who've seen him play like against Liverpool and do stuff against Man City. So now he's kind of like our, our star player or one of our two star players. And I think he will probably win player of the season and it won't even be close. Would you yeah, yeah. I think the only one who comes close really is Raul just because of the goals he's got. That's it. But apart, I think it's got to be Traore. Um, if, I know Traore is the obvious answer for most improve. He's got, he is the most. But I, I'd also give a shout to Neto. Although he was quite late to the party where he went straight away, every, when he did get his chance when Jota was out, what you know, I never expected him to be as good as he has been in spells, I guess. When he has been given the chance, he's been really good. So I'd give Neto a shout as well. If there's a category for young player of the year, then Neto yeah. would be in that, wouldn't he? You just mm. thought. Because uh, you forget, he's only 19, isn't he? So... And just on Traore and him, and as you mentioned there, is that that's the most frequent assist to goal scorer combination in the Premier League during the season with seven goals. So, you know, they play so well together, don't they? And Wolves are reaping the benefits. And also for Traore, in terms of Premier League stats, he actually set a new Premier League record for the most take-ons, which is beating your man, in a single Premier League season, which is 183, surpassing Eden Hazard's previous wow. record of 180. So um, pretty impressive there. And also, just on the season as a whole, you know, we've got some very talented foreign players and uh, it, it may look like we haven't got any talented English ones because no English players actually scored for Wolves in the league this season. <laughs> it's only the fifth time in the league's history that's happened and uh, Stoke, Arsenal and Fulham have done it twice in previous years. Um, do you think that's something that needs addressing, Jack? Is it the lack of English cha- talent coming through or as long as you're ticking the boxes for homegrown players, it doesn't matter? I, I don't think it's the way the club is going at the moment, to be honest with you. As you can see from the players we've brought in and the players we've sort of started to now now ship out. When you think, when we, everyone always used to say about our Portuguese contingent when you go back to the championship in the first season, uh, but we did have a, you know, a few 
English players there. Obviously, Benison Cody and John Ruddy were kind of ever presence really in the um, in the promotion season. Then he had Gibbs White coming through as a bit of young English talent on the wayside. I think Gibbs White has fallen away on and off the pitch uh, lately, which has not helped that. But I, I can't see us suddenly going and, and uh, starting a load of English youngsters, to be honest. It's much more likely to be more players from the continent, like Jordao and Neto, isn't it, really? So, and am I bothered? Not particularly, as long as we keep doing well, to be honest. I'm but if you're good enough, it doesn't matter where you're from. Now, one player that really does go under the radar and, you know, he, he's improved so much. I saw this on uh, Twitter from Statman Joey, at Statman Joey on Twitter. Um this season, his pass completion rate has actually gone up by almost 10%. His clean sheet rate's gone up by 16%. And also, his save success has increased to 70%, uh, whilst also conceding eight fewer goals in the same amount of matches as last season. His high claims, sweeper clearances, and throwouts have increased by 10%, showing his willingness to start those counter-attacks. He's adapting to the way... <clears throat> Excuse me, he's adapting to the way that Nuno wants to be playing at the back, isn't he, Harry? Because we, we saw him last season, we sort of like, his kicking was poor, his distribution wasn't as good, and that was probably why he was, was, was probably one of his weaknesses. But he's improved exponentially, and I think those stats back it up, you know, to be conceding fewer goals. Yeah, obviously you're on about Patricio, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah John Ruddy. I, I was just thinking, as you were, yeah, John Ruddy, <laughs> as you were talking then, because obviously I knew you were on about Patricio, I was trying to think of like, I don't know if the lockdown gap don't help. I'm trying to think of the last howler he had. Like he's been quite solid, hasn't he, since we come back? Can you think of one? The, I can't the actually Everton think of away one. game was. The, I don't know what was going on there, but yeah. whether, whether that was him or or, or the defence as well. But that didn't help. But yeah, he's been solid, hasn't he really? I mean, and I, um, think, I think think the, of the, the goals the other day. He didn't. You can't really fault him. Actually, since the restart, can you think of a goal that like no, you said, exactly, that he's actually yeah. been at fault for? Not really. And you mentioned the kick in there, Sam. Like at one point, it was getting a bit of a, like a, a comedy sketch. When every time he'd try and kick it out to like the right wing back, at one point it was like, oh my god, he just kept missing or it's not for a throw in. And he hasn't done that for a while, so he's improved there. So yeah, great. I mean, them stats don't surprise me when you say it like that. Obviously, I didn't realise he'd improved that much in those areas, but it's just good he doesn't get injured because obviously we got Butterfingers ready to come in after. So I'm glad he's improved. <laughs> and uh, yeah, That's fair so play to him. He's got to be fishing. He's got to be fishing. Maybe. Uh, well, I think it's since since Vallejo left because maybe he was doing some training on his kicking with him and we know that he's just as good at kicking it straight out of play as well uh, but as well just... as well to, to have like his goal record with like more clean sheets and that is so good because that spell without Bolly it felt like we were shipping goals for fun so like you know what I mean he's, in terms of that obviously Bolly come back and helped him we went on like a mad run didn't we of clean sheets when Bolly come back so it might have been even better if Bolly was there for the whole season his clean sheet record Jack what would you like to see change for next season I'm guessing VAR is, is top of that list but how and why? Well, we know why. VAR is not going to change. The VAR isn't going to change, but they, the, what they can change is some of the rules, I think. I think they've invested too much in it now for to suddenly just scrap it, even though... And I said the other week, I think if you asked all Premier League season ticket holders, would you like it just scrapped or changed? People, I reckon scrapped would win it, to be honest. Um, yeah. So... Hopefully they'll do something about the offside rule because we said we got questions about the frame rates and stuff last week. Um, in terms of Wolves, I don't know. It is quite hard to say when the season isn't over yet because we'll be jumping for joy if we do somehow pull off some absolute heroics in the Europa League. Um, but I do think... I think I said this last season, but we do need competition for certain positions that, that we might not have as much competition for now, particularly mm. probably in the middle of the park. And I think... Back. 
So. The biggest one for me is uh, it's not going to happen because Nuno likes small squads. We do need a bigger competitive squad because obviously Oscar Burr sitting on the bench is not good, is it? He's just there to fill the spaces. So whether Nuno will do that is the, is the question. Because if we get into the Euro- Europe again, if we're in the European competition again next year, we can't just keep riding our luck with these small squads because we had Bolly this year. We could have one, two or three of our star men just get injured. It, it could happen. And if it does, and we have a similar size squad in terms of quality we've got now, we are in deep trouble. <laughs> simple yeah, as that like, I agree we do we do need a bigger squad particularly I don't know if there's been any decision on this yet but they were talking about keeping the five substitute rule weren't they so yeah straight away which Nuno don't use anyway if you're going up against Liverpool and Man City and then you're looking at the bench and like like Harry said then no, no disrespect to Oscar Burr but the benches are just not even going to be close in terms of game changers and winners. And we know Nuno likes small squads, but but at the same time, he has tried to recruit this season Catrone and Vallejo, and it's not worked out. So I think it's not just that he doesn't particularly want a really small squad, but he's he only wants players who are up to it, and he's quite brutal if yeah. they're not. So it, we need to recruit a couple, at least at least a couple more players who can be on the fringes and in the squad and actually competitive. And I know we've tried to do that. And also you've got to think like striker as well. What if Raul gets injured? Yeah, or or sold, <laughs> or sold. I mean, Campana's just a, just a kid, isn't he? He's, he's, he's yeah. unproven, and. I think we do have to be a bit smarter with recruitment and hopefully even if you're looking at players like I say from the teams that have just gone down who could sit on the bench like you know like Pookie or somebody as a backup striker it gives us at least you've got someone who can score in the Premier League and who's proven so but it's just not the type of player we sign is it? No. I mean, look, look at Danny Ings, you know, horrific knee injury, not really given a chance at Liverpool. But if you keep him fit, and I, I know that Wolves have, you know, statistically the best backroom staff in terms of keeping players fit that I've ever seen. And, and certainly when you compare it to the rest of the league as well. But obviously, ironically, we actually made five substitutions against Chelsea. But if you look at Chelsea's bench, and I, I know it's, it's a bit silly sort of looking at somebody a team like Chelsea and comparing players but you know if you're both fighting for European football then I don't see why we shouldn't you know Kepper, Christensen Barkley Abraham Pedro who's actually just been released today Loftus-Cheek Hudson-Odoi Tamori and Emerson and then you look at the Wolves bench Jodow Pedence obviously great player no one's uh, shaking that Gibbs White, Ruddy, Matinho, getting older, uh, Vinagre, Traore, Kilman and Burr. I think if you look at Burr, Kilman and Gibbs White, and probably Jordan, although I suppose he hasn't really been given a chance. It's a lot of unproven, yet, isn't you know? it? It's a lot of unproven yeah. young players. Mm. Yeah, I think you've got to. If, if you look at the benches, there's no comparison, is there really? But we need to, we need to probably try and bring in just three players I think really who can be first team first team regulars if, if they break into the team at the moment I don't think we quite have that because we, we have the ones who rotate and come in and out and one week Patino might be on the bench the next week Dendonka might be on the bench but they're always in and around the, and always always pretty much always come on don't they if, when we're going to change it same with the wingers really but I think yeah if you actually if you look probably through the, the centre of all the team the whole team really from, from centre centre back centre midfield to striker we probably need a replacement for each one of those three areas, don't we? Or at least <laughs> yeah. a player who can push, push competition. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Harry, do you, do we need a sweeper that can tackle? <laughs> oh, don't bait me out. Now I've seen uh, Tim Spears put out an article on the Athletic about uh, someone, a stat man, wrote out his stats about like he's the only player that does it in the Prem these big diagonal balls. And I've said loads of times, amazing distribution of his feet, amazing chatter. <laughs> I love saying that. Great leader, great bloke. Obviously, he's got that English element that we've said we lack. And he needs to get a golden to improve that. But for me, 
his really weak point in his game is he's defended and we saw that against Chelsea where he got slide tackled by Giroud where he could have sent it up the pitch so that's my only that's my I love the bloke don't get me wrong but you've got to you know you've got to criticise someone for me it's quite a big weakness as well that's just my opinion but people will be shouting now saying well look at our defensive record you know blah 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 but you, I wince when the ball comes towards Cody sometimes so I feel like he's a bit vulnerable really that's that's mm-hmm. the truth like he's a vulnerable defender in my opinion we are at the stage now when you're also asked like what Sam just asked what do you want to improve and mm. we're at the, we finished seventh again in the year and I think at the start of the season I said well we need to just be constantly improving I think seventh is par again well, ideally we want to be getting sixth and we were very very close to that but if you want improvement and not stagnation, particularly when we've got so many more games incoming, you've got to look at just trying to bring in competition for every position, haven't you, I think? I mean, and we just said that in about Jimenez, but what, Cody as well, what if Cody gets injured? Who plays there? Dendonka, yeah. maybe? Dendonka, yeah. Dendonka's probably the only one who probably could. Um, but apart from that, there's no out-and-out competition, is there? With that role as sweeper, like, is there really many players out there you could buy to play there? Like David Luiz comes to mind, but he's another one who can't defend. Like good on the ball, <laughs> but he just can't defend. So it's like a weird position, isn't it? I suppose if you've had the all-round package, you've got an absolute diamond there. So that I mean, I don't want to sound too harsh. What everything else Cody does is really, really good. But when Bolly got injured and he had Vallejo and Dendonka next to him at the beginning of the season, he looked like he had no idea what to do. Remember when Tammy Abraham just ripped the shit out of him, like oh, made him yeah. look silly. That's when he's vulnerable for me. Bolly helps him, but he just needs to improve that part of his game. Whether he can now, is it too late? I don't know. Interestingly, with the with the defender talk and stuff. We mentioned it on the uh, the old WhatsApp group the other day. Jan Vertonghen uh, finishing his time at Spurs. F- f- fairly old, thirty three years old, I think he is. Could he do a job on a free transfer, Jack? I would. I would jump at the chance. I think Definitely. most people would, but it's just it's not our type of signing, and I don't think we could afford the wages, to be honest. But I mean, yeah, you've got to say that's suddenly a bit of competition for places, isn't it? If you have got Vertonghen. Left footed as well. Um, it's just, it's just, just not. I just can't see it though. Can can anybody really? I reckon he'll go to what the MLS or or back. Yeah, um, and I think with Foson and all that and Jeshi, whatever, they always look to buy young to then sell on in a few years, don't they? Like they don't really. Yeah. Apart from Matinho, Matinho's probably yeah. and Patricio, but they were like obviously a few years ago now. The free transfer element is, you know, if it's kind of no yeah, risk, I, but I reckon he's probably he would probably be our highest play pay player and we'd have to play him, pay him similar to what he was on at Spurs I'd have thought maybe not but I, I, it's just not our sort of signing these days is it and I, I, even though I think he would could be great to have having around the squad if I throw some uh, free transfers at you you could just give me a, a, both at the same time a yes or no just to be interesting um, Ryan Fraser at Bournemouth uh, he was uh, released from his contract cause, I think uh, we're too overcrowded in that area so probably no uh, Pedro from Chelsea Oh, I'd, I'd love Pedro but again it's just overcrowded area I think, he's going to, I think he's going to Italy isn't he he's going to Italy isn't he and again too expensive Giroud yes I'd, 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 always, I'd always said for ages Giroud would just fit in really well wouldn't he with us so 100% but again I just can't see it <laughs> and he's likely he'll, sign, he'll re-sign for Chelsea but William oh mate he, he wouldn't come to us would he nah we need to be looking rather he's at a bit who's too left good, Chelsea like who's who's leaving Norwich I'll tell you what, uh, what Leicester or, Christian Fuchs or Ben Fee he's too hot he's done he's passed it man he's like a granddad isn't he Wes Morgan again very old <laughs> no. uh, Shane Long at Southampton 
Oh, it's the Albion connection in it. I can't have it. <laughs> but but <laughs> if it's if you wanted a striker on the bench that could come on and score, how old's he now? He's got to be early thirties, forty six. Yeah, I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's. I don't think he's probably as old as we think. Is he, he still is. quick? Uh, he used to be quick. He's he's back in the day, thirty three years old. Thirty three. If he's I willing to sit behind him, him and Ez, why not? If it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's at least then we'll have a striker on the bench who can score goals in the Premier League and has done it before. So it's an option, isn't it? I just it's all about options now. And he's British. So mm. homegrown. Uh, no, very interesting. Um, but also on, on the fact, I know we, we mentioned there with Ryan Fraser and Bournemouth, and we mentioned VAR and technology, but it, Bournemouth's board are actually going to meet later this week to discuss the possibility of pursuing a compensation claim against Hawkeye, whose mistake may have contributed to the relegation from the Premier League, although we know that the reason they got relegated from the Premier League is because they were shit all season. <laughs> and uh, Jack, do you think if you're trying to look for holes and going, oh, we might have stayed up if, if that goal hadn't been given like it, it absolutely shouldn't have been given or have they got a point I think they've got a point it leaves a very this isn't just because it's filler it leaves a very very like sad taste in the, sour taste in the mouth and I think actually Seb in our WhatsApp group said this a few weeks ago kind of as a, as a joke oh they whoever goes down should sue if they if they just miss out by a point should sue Hawkeye but whether they get anywhere with it but it's it's like 130 million pounds it's probably cost them or maybe even a bit more than that hasn't it so that's a, a massive mistake and a lot of the Villa fans are saying oh but we've had so much go against us blah 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 yeah but no one else has had a clear-cut goal just been disallowed go against them it's alright having a, a, a decision where you can debate or oh, is it a foul is it a free kick is it offside is it not offside but there's nothing as clear-cut than that that just hasn't the technology has failed so it's not the same thing as like having a red card or having given off a dodgy offside given it's not the same as the ball being in the net and the goal not being given when for every other game supposedly in the Premier League season it's worked fine and would have been given it's it's different I think um but it's just, uh, I can't believe bloody that's kept Villa up in it. It's, uh, it's <laughs> I knew that was the real reason. But on Sunday, you know, without that point, Villa would have been relegated on goal difference and Bournemouth would have survived by a single goal. You know, it's wow. literally come down to a goal in all aspects of Villa being relegated. This is what technology was supposed to eradicate, wasn't it? That's yeah. the best yeah. thing. It's created it's more. It's like doubled the controversy. <laughs> when you've got VAR and, and Hawkeye, you'll know that nobody in the last game gets relegated because of this, this and that. But but no, you can point to a, a time when it hasn't worked. It's, messed yeah. up. it's, it's brilliant. Do you see them winning, Harry? Do you think they've got a leg to stand on? Because Hawkeye have come out, they came out at the time, didn't they, and apologised and said, you know, we've, we've done 9,000 games and this is the first time that it's been a perfect storm of the post, the defender and the goalkeeper in the way. Well, as you lads know, I'm not a, a legal expert, but I don't know, can you win when it's a mistake, when it's genuinely a mistake? They just, they yeah. said it malfunctioned, didn't they? If someone like actually tampered with it and turned it off, as like, you know, like a, a Villa fan snuck in or something, then maybe, but it's a, it's an accident, isn't it? It's a freak accident, but a mistake, maybe a bit of compensation, but obviously nothing's going to get overturned, is it? <laughs> They're not going to give them the goal or anything like that, so probably not. And talking about Villa, Wolves actually signed a goalkeeper from Villa this week, Mataya Sarkic. Uh, he signed on a three-year deal on a free transfer, 23-year-old Montenegro international. Um, don't really know much about him, Harry. I doubt whether anyone else on the podcast does either. Um, no. He's probably going to be sent out on loan next season. Um, do you think it's a good signing? Do you think it's the kind of player that you need to be signing? 23 years old, he's not going to be pushing for a place in the first team just yet or do you want to be going out and buying first team keepers? It feels like another one of them. We've, we've done it with a few players now where we've signed someone like this and then we hear a year or so later that they've gone for a bit more money so probably won't see him to be honest unless they think he's better than Ruddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a very good point because of course uh, out of contract John Ruddy at the end of the season. Mm. 
so we'll, we'll see what happens and the, the transfer window is actually open now so it should be um, sort of rumours galore at the moment is this more about a pre-season about keeping hold of your talent rather than actually going into the transfer market and trying to make marquee signings I think it's going to be difficult for every team in the transfer market to make any signings with the very short turnaround um, but for us that could help us keep hold of our players I mean we say this but it's just paper talk isn't it like, who have we lost to we wanted to keep since, since Fosner have taken over nobody no. so just because these people are shouting about Traore and 150 million pounds to Liverpool and stuff doesn't mean it's going to happen so I think that could actually be in our favour but I would like to think that we've got a couple of targets um targets on our radar that we that we bring in because as we were saying earlier we do need to strengthen in some areas even if it's just for competition and that's one thing if you look at last season we failed on because we brought in players that we thought would compete which didn't and had to just revert back and leave so hopefully we can uh the quick turnaround and the fact that we might be distracted by europa league a bit later than everybody else probably probably hinders us a little bit which is which is worrying but you got to just trust them. They don't do much wrong, do they, really? Apart from control over Vallejo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Harry, in, in terms of those key dates, it's open now. The transfer window closes on the 5th of October, but there's like a domestic-only window, which <laughs> sort of lasts from the 5th of October to the 16th. Is this one of those things where you need the transfer window shut before the season starts so you know what you're working with? You haven't got restless players through the very start of the season you know when you're trying to get points on the board or or do you think it, it does work well was it this season where they actually shut it before this year it was wasn't it yeah yeah so I don't know maybe because obviously it's, things have changed I don't actually mind I, I, I could see the argument why people don't like it when they do like keep it going a few weeks into the season but I don't mind to be honest but it is I suppose the argument that it is better that everyone's settled but it's a strange window as we've just mentioned I agree with what you said Sam we're just gonna, I think we're going to keep hold of Jimenez and that but I think if it was an, a normal situation and Covid didn't happen I'd be quite worried but have people really got the big cash to be splashing about in these times probably not so I'm, I'm, I'm at the same time though on the other hand I doubt we're going to see a big superstar come in to be honest either Quick, quick question: Is Ryan Bennett back with us now? Yes. Yeah. And can he play in the Europa? Don't know. Well, that's that's a position on the bench that's a bit more competitive straight away, isn't it? If nothing else. So. Well, uh, Leicester didn't think much of him, did they? To be honest, I don't know what what happened there. He, but he played he, after he did the start restart to play towards the end. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it just took him a while to settle. I don't know. But they, I think they did it purposefully, so he didn't make enough appearances for the automatic buy to kick in. Yeah. I think he had to make five, but he only made four or something. So I'm take it they they don't want him so I'm guessing he's back now does seem to be the case I mean just talking about um, the European football and and the permutations because it can get a little bit confusing Um, basically so you've got Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, they qualify for the Champions League group stage next season. So they're top four in the Premier League. We know that. Leicester qualified for the Europa League group stage as the top flight's fifth place team. Tottenham have qualified for the Europa League second qualifying round as the sixth place team. As second place Manchester City won the Carabao Cup. So what if Man City or Chelsea win the Champions League or Man United win the Europa League? So if Man City or Chelsea win the Champions League this season, there'll be no additional slot for an English club next season. Equally, mm. if Manchester United win the Europa League and qualify which they did for the Champions League group stage um, 
there will be no additional slot for an English club. So Chelsea win the FA Cup. Uh, Leicester qualified uh, regardless for the group stage. Tottenham will qualify for the group stage and won't need to go to the second qualifying round. And Wolves will qualify for the Europa League second qualifying round in seventh place. If Arsenal win the FA Cup, <laughs> uh, Leicester will have also qualified for the Europa League group stage next season at fifth place. Tottenham will remain in the Europa League second qualifying round. Wolves won't play in Europe unless we win the Europa League this season. So then that moves us on to if Wolves win the Europa League and Chelsea win the FA Cup. So if Wolves will qualify for the Champions League group stage next year by winning the Europa League. We oh, know that. Imagine. Imagine. Uh, Leicester and Tottenham would uh, qualify for the Europa League group stage also. But what if Wolves win the Europa League and Arsenal win the FA Cup? <laughs> I know it's on the, on the tip of your tongue. Uh, well, the only way that, that's the only way that actually you can have eight Premier League teams uh, playing in European competition next year, which is phenomenal. I think don't think it's ever been done before. Uh, Wolves would join Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Chelsea in the Champions League group stage and Arsenal would qualify for the Europa League group stage as the FA Cup winners. And I think that's it. So, um, any other questions on? God, <laughs> I think you've covered it all there, mate. That was confusing. There's lots, of, lots of permutations, but I think that's um, pretty much the uh, the gist of it. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it looks like it's going to be an incredibly exciting I wonder, uh, Europa League campaign finish for us until we lose one uh, nil to. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if we do, if we don't progress in the Europa League, and then obviously Arsenal win the FA Cup. I wonder what it's going to be like. Like, do you reckon it'll be a little bit of a blessing in disguise next year, not being in it? I think if we keep hold of players, uh, which I think we will, I think I'm I'm pretty much singing from the same hymn sheet as as you guys there. And I think it, you know, if you've got taken the pressure off, if you take 15 European games, I know it wouldn't quite be that many next season because they're going to be one-legged ties in the qualifying. But if you take away those games, but also from the fans' perspective, you know, everyone was sort of saying all season how um, brilliant Wolves have done in the Europa League. But some of those Sunday games after Europa yeah. League were just atrocious, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I agree with that. But, you know, and we've had our little, I don't know, it's strange because, I mean, my highlight of this season has been away European trips or slads have been on. So at the same time, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? It's one of them. But if it does happen, we're just going to have to deal with it, aren't we? But I'm sure we've got, we're capable of getting back in the year after if you get what I mean but it's going to be a it's going to be a nail biting time watching that FA Cup final I'll tell you that is it a win-win Jack if you know you've got Albion coming up you've got Villa staying up you've got local derbies in there next season you know games that you strive to have in football you know we, we pretty much missed we missed them last season well I did anyway you know when you look at the the fixtures and obviously you're looking at the Liverpool's Man United's and all those ties but the first ones I personally pick out is a the birthday weekend but also when you play in those local derbies yeah definitely they're not good for the nerves but it's probably good for no, no, football no. and West Midlands football also just one thought then if we win the Europa League will we also have to play in a, in a Super Cup against the Champions League winners before the season starts oh my oh, god imagine yes, yes and it <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. It. Yeah. Wow. That's that's very so, true. But we probably wouldn't be able to go, well. would we? Well, no. Especially if it's a Madrid, because it's one of the Madrids, basically, isn't uh. it? Depending on obviously how Real Madrid get on against Manchester City, but I think the likelihood <laughs> is that it's probably going to be a Spanish team. And you can't go there at the moment, um, or if you do, it has to be essential. Would it class as essential travel? I think no. if they said uh, to you, is, you, is it is it essential that you travel there? And you go, yes, we're in a, a European uh, one-off tie against Champions League winners. Yes, of course, it's this essential. Is- this is the worry, isn't it? Because it's like we don't want all this to happen, and it just be the times that we couldn't go. Yeah, <laughs> like if we, yeah, exactly. It, That's we? the thing. Win yeah. the Champions League, and then we we're still behind closed doors. It'd be so gutting, wouldn't it? 
I mean, I'm I'm still pretty gutted that obviously all the rest of the Europa League's behind closed doors. Like, think of the like the draw we said the other week. So, imagine if we win the Europa League and it's just behind closed doors. It's just going to be yes. so weird and yeah. just our luck, really, isn't it? <laughs> just wouldn't be the yeah, it wouldn't be the way you want to do. It. No, well, I mean, we'll probably get knocked out by Olympic Arc. Like <laughs> yeah, and we'll be like, I'll, oh, I'll stop in the cup. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, we'll be sat God. here literally in a week yeah. and a half time thinking, what, do we, what are we talking about this for, idiots? Uh, yeah. <laughs> if we get knocked out, if we well, obviously we find out our fa- so Arsenal play before we play Olympic don't they? Arsenal in the FA Cup final. Yes. So they say if Arsenal win that. And then we have a bit of a whimper against Olympiakos. Our fans are going <laughs> to absolutely explode. You think the reaction after the Chelsea loss was bad? My God, the pitchforks will be back out. I'm telling you. That's I do true. hope, though. With, with, with this, um, if we do end up in qualifying for the Europa League, it does seem like we always, we get in tough draws, aren't we, really? The group was mm-hmm. quite, quite tame, I thought, actually. The Europa League group was quite tame. But we had to play Torino last year. Hopefully we can just get, like, a few very easy ties, so three very easy games, like I know some teams tend to have to get into the group stage, so we don't maybe have to exert ourselves too much. But in terms of the, the draw, we've had Espanyol, Olympiacos, and then, the, the, you know, the path to the final is, is, is really tough for us, I think, in Europa League. So we're going to have to do it the hard way, which... I just hope that we can maybe get a kind draw because Man United always seem to get the easiest draw going in, in oh. whatever round. But we will see. Do you all like the kit, by the way? Oh, the kit. We'll talk about the kit, actually. We have to mention the kit because I don't like it and I don't <laughs> know what how everyone else feels about it. But now I just keep missing last season's kit. The, the, the yellow the one. The yellow one. <laughs> yeah. Now, I like, I like it. it. I liked it when it leaked. When, when it leaked, it's the actual one that leaked, isn't it, a few weeks ago? Yes, I liked it then. I know that everyone's going on like the sleeves. I'm, I'm a fan of it. I don't know why. I just instantly liked it, and I still do. And especially seeing mm-hmm. Jimenez and Pedence raise large boys as well. After seeing that, I thought it looked <laughs> quite good. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with Sam though. Like, I really, really miss the uh, the shirt from the first season back in the Prem. They're, like the, they yeah. had the, the white one of that, yeah. and I've been trying to get another one, but I've really struggled because I can think people must be hoarding them. So I'm really annoyed that I threw it at a load of Turin fans See, in the ground. The Turin, <laughs> I, um, I know uh, you got a scarf back. But, didn't you? This is probably a bad <laughs> thing to say on audio, but obviously you two can see me. I've got the green one on now. I really like this green yeah. one, but this got a, a bit of a bad. You know, a bit of a bad whack. People didn't like yeah, it, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this green Mexico, European, whatever it was. I like this one. I'll be honest, for me, it's not so much the shirt. That shirt today just looks the same as the one this season, really, apart than the sleeves are black, but it's a sponsor. I just don't like the sponsor. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, the W sponsor just worked really well for us, because obviously we're Wolves. And then Villa like, stole it. Those, like, like the Goodyear shirt, wasn't it? Where it just, it just fits, fits in well. But that's why everyone was scrambling to get those limited edition ones with Fosun on the because Fosun. they just didn't like the sponsors and I think the sponsors really just make or break it and this maxi bit I just can't get on board with it do we know the away colour yet? I don't think we do do we? no it's in the goalkeeper go one to a but... white yeah maybe but um, if if they have a black they have to have a, a change kit as well don't they? which is more money yeah. so mm. I mean they usually do I'd like to see a pink change kit they haven't had a pink one have we? I'd like to see a pink one oof it's a big shout big shout we'll see what happens uh, it's usually Newcastle or something that go out with something outrageous remember that yellow and white Everton as well one there that pink one like Everton a, they're like a deck chair <laughs> excellent right what we'll do is um, I think what we're going to do before the Olympiacos game is we will do a podcast and we will try, we'll try our best to uh, to get an away perspective it would be good to uh, to get some uh, Greek perspective on that and we'll see what happens and then after that I think we're just going to have to play it by ear aren't we because it's um, depends if we go through <laughs> tight, tight schedule as well really there's not going to be much of a turnaround between these games yeah, yeah. Um, so um, 
it will be be very interesting what happens next. We'll we'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Goodbye, everybody. Come on, Arsenal. And Jack Williams. Goodbye, guys. (laughs) Goodbye from me. Goodbye. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network.